Hi there, Selena Kulkarni with another episode of the Freedom Warrior podcast. Each week I share with you the strategies, expert interviews and people's stories around the topic of wealth and financial freedom. I'm excited to share with you a, a real story today about a friend of mine, Rana Sanai. When I first met Rana about three years ago, I think the thing that was immediately obvious to me was, you know, he has a very uh, playful and uh, almost theatrical presence. Um, he is one of the hardest working guys I know and his massive success as a business owner of the Influencer Project has seen him catapult himself as one of the brightest young leaders in Australia. Um, in this episode, he chats with me really candidly about how his business and family have shaped his wealth journey and what struggles and tensions uh, really drive him today. So I hope you'll uh, enjoy this episode. For those of you who are interested in learning more about financial freedom through alternative methods, please head over to my website, freedomwarrior.com.au, where you can access my library of articles, interviews, and programs to help you on your way to becoming financially free. Now on with the show. Rana Sane, awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much for making the time to be here. Great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. So you and I are definitely um, souls that clicked in the first instance. Like when we first met, I genuinely felt like you were my long lost brother. So it's awesome to have you on the show and, and really exploring publicly some of the things that maybe we've spoken about privately. I think it's because like we're like I'm, I'm half Indian. Is that what it is? Is that why we connected? No, you no, think? no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. It's our heritage. That's right. Could be, but no, I don't think that. I feel that with a few people, but look, I'd love to start off with a, a really easy question. You know, sure. you grew up in a pretty traditional family. Tell me yep. a little bit about how money showed up in your home growing up. Um, yeah, good question. Um, when I was growing up, I, my family were both government workers. So my dad worked for um, an agricultural government sector of the government. My mum was a school teacher. Um, I would say that when we grew up, we weren't like poor, but we weren't necessarily like really rich either. I remember going to school and, um, and looking at kids and they would have like in, in casual days, they'd have like billabong, you know, and rip curl and all, because that was what Quicksilver, that was what was cool back in the day. And I, I do remember thinking that, you know, why couldn't we have that? Like, we didn't, we were given everything that we needed to be happy and healthy. Um, but when it came to those kind of like luxury things, um, it wasn't something that we, we could afford. Um, my parents split up when I was about 13. And so I was raised by a mum. She was single mum, single income, raising two kids. And so money was one of those things that we would look to save uh, and rather than, you know, go out and, and splurge on things. So it, we needed to, I, I do remember money being one of those topics that was uh, like, it was, it was, it was, a, it was scarce rather than abundant. And um, that was definitely the case. So, you know, given that background, you know, people often either run with those same habits or have an allergic reaction to them. You know, where, yeah. where how has that sort of, you know, influenced you in your adulthood? Yeah, I think it's, it's funny because I, I, I never really thought of it like, 
we don't have money, therefore we should save. I think money is still something that gives me anxiety. And I think that might be something, and that doesn't mean that I've, I've got an aversion to it, but it's certainly something that there's an anxiety around. I'm sure most people have an anxiety around money. The thing is, I'm not scared to take risks with it. That doesn't stop me from taking risks. So I remember when I was 15, turning 16, I got my first job because I wanted to earn my own money so I could buy the things like those, you know, if I wanted to buy some billabong pants, I could do it, you know, and that was my driver when I was a kid. You know, if I want something, I'll just work for it and I'll get it. And, you know, mobile phones first came out. This <laughs> is bizarre, but, you know, and I remember I wanted to save up money so I could buy my own mobile phone. And I was 16. I was earning $3 and 58 cents an hour working at a video shop and I would save up and I would, then when I was a teenager, I'd earn a bit more and I'd buy, I bought a surround sound system for my home theater and, you know, home theater at the time was, you know, pretty, pretty average. But I just remember like that, my mentality was always like, you can have whatever you want. You've just got to be prepared to do the work for it. Like I saw my parents working hard and I figured that if I worked hard, I could have what I wanted and that's the way I've run with money. Like, and I've had to challenge the work hard part over time, but certainly working hard, working hard, working hard, earn the money. And then you've got the money to, to buy the things and do the things you want. Um, yeah. and that's kind of how I run with it. That's great. Let me, let me ask you a slightly different question. You know, you grew up with uh, parents that were public servants. Mm -hmm. um, you're obviously running a wildly successful business and probably a very committed entrepreneur. Now you've had, uh, you know, you've, you've published one book, you're on the cusp of publishing another book, you know, how, yeah. how do you reconcile that? Like, what is it that's attracted you? Um, is it the wealth? Is it the freedom? Like, what is it about running a business that, that kind of caught your attention? Yeah, I, um, the, 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 like the book that changed my trajectory. I was a, I studied, I ended up becoming for whatever, for long story short, I became a personal trainer. I figured like, Hey, you know, you could work 50 bucks an hour. Um, you have 10 clients that do, you know, an hour or two a week, you know, you're earning good money and you're earning, you're not working a lot, right? That's how I saw it. I thought I could work 20 hours a week and I could earn good money. And, um, I, I think I got to a point where I decided to work for a, um, a franchise group and um, they were vision personal training. Now that, that, that might be still big. I'm not sure how they're going now, but um, I was working there and I was doing my, my hourly rate thing. And uh, I got a call one day and the call was from my sister who was crying. She was in tears and my mum had a really bad health uh, health scare um, to a point where the doctors had basically said to her, said to my sister at the time, because my sister was back home, um, that chances of my mum living were like 30 to 40%. Like it was very low, low mortality rate. And I remember as a personal trainer, I had this, I had my, my checklist of clients that I had in front of me. And it was the first reality check of the t in, in my life that, when you have a job, you know, like, and I was, I, I was just a casual, right? I was a, I was a personal trainer. 
when you stop working, you stop getting paid. And I, and it never, I, like, you know that, but then to actually experience that. And I, I remember I dropped my client, a lot of client books and, um, I ran to my, my, the guy who was running the studio at the time. I said, I've got to go. This is what's happened. And I, I raced off and I realized that for the next week while I was looking after my mum, I wouldn't get paid. And I realized at that time that I didn't actually have a lot of money in my bank account. And, and I, you know, long, like my mum, she recovered and I, I've always been a big reader and I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, property is one of those things I should get into. And that was what got me into thinking about what assets do you have so that when you do retire, your assets give you the income. Um, and a business is an asset, you know, a business gives you an asset. And, the, the, and I'll, I'll never forget it. The definition of a business is a corporate entity that runs independently of its owner. And that's stuck in my head from that day. Like, like it's tattooed to my brain, like a corporate entity that runs independently of its owner. And that became my goal. I want to create something that gives me money that no matter what I do, whether I'm looking after my mum, whether I'm looking after family, whether I want to go on holiday, whether I want to experience something, I've got money coming in. That became my driver from that day on. Let me, uh, let me sort of put a different spin on, you know, an extension of that, which is, um, if you were to imagine, imagine a spectrum where down one end of the spectrum, you believe making money is super easy. And down the other end of the spectrum, you believe making money is really hard. You know, there's no doubt you've probably been on a bit of an evolution, but where, where do you sit right now on that spectrum? Um, Cause you've worked really hard. I know you've worked hard. Yeah. I, I think I think there's two parts to making money. Just to digress, there's a skill set and a mindset component. The skill set of making money to me is not, is not, I, I think making money from a skill set perspective to know what it takes to do it and to, to have the, the bits and pieces is easy, like easy. You know, there's no, you, if you needed to make money, you could go out and make money today instantly. I could generate money at the, in a week I could generate money. Like I don't have a problem with that. Where I think it becomes hard, and this is what's a changing thing for a lot of people, and for me, is the mindset behind it. It's 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 the mindset, not just how to make it, but how to continually make it, sustainably make it, how to make money, not just once, but how to continue to make money over and over and over again. Um, so that's what I don't think is easy. I think making money once is easy. I think making money sustainably and scalably over time is hard or harder. It's a different challenge. It's a different mindset. Do you think you've cracked that nut? I think I'm on the verge of cracking that nut. Okay. I think I've, I've got my, I've, I, I realize that the only re, the only way you can do that is to have um, as a business owner to get out the way of your business so, so you have other people who are doing the things that generate the income and they can do it better than you. So it's, it's kind of re replication of self through systems that enables that scalability and that sustainability to happen. And you can only replicate it through either people doing it or processes doing it like automation. So I think I, I put those two things together um, 
and that's what I'm seeing is helping us get the scale and the sustainability that we're, we're experiencing now. I love that. That's a great answer. Um, let me ask you, you've had a very enduring and successful partnership with Andrew, obviously. Mm. Um, but let's imagine you woke up tomorrow and he wasn't there. The business was gone and you were starting from ground zero. Mm. You know, what would you do first? Um, I, I guess my first thing would be like, I, I look at apart from the emotional side of things, I would look at things pretty pragmatically and I'd come back to the basics of business. It's okay. What is the offer that I need to create? Who are the people that need this offer? Where are those people? How do I find them? I would find those people and I would, I would create an offer and, and, and to, to offer, I would off, I'd create a solution for, for, for them around a common problem that they have. And I would say, Hey, I've got this thing that you might need. Do you want to have a chat about it? And I would start again, start from scratch. I'd build up a community of people who are my perfect future customers. You know, we do that on LinkedIn really well, but I would do that in, I'd, I'd use LinkedIn and I'd use, you know, sort of close contacts that I'd have um, joint ventures, partnerships to ex expand it. And, um, I would, I would go out and I would talk about a problem that they're probably having that I would have done some work around. And I would say, Hey, if you've got this problem, I've got this thing. Would you, would you be interested in, in me helping you with that? And that's what I would do to start the ball rolling again, but it would be at a different scale, <laughs> but I would do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally get it. You know, if I, there's, there's no question I understand that for many entrepreneurs, their business gives them the highest ROI. Mm. But if we think about the, the two different actions, one is making the money yeah. and the other is investing. If mm. you think about your own journey, what's, what's been the greatest sort of tension or struggle around building wealth? A plan. I think, I think uh, building wealth is... Um, it's like I said, like it's, there's, there's, um, there is a, when you're building wealth, it's, it's like earning money is one thing, but keeping it and, and accumulating it is a whole nother it's another game. Beast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I would say that it's the strategy and the plan behind why you need the wealth and ultimately the goal of what you want that money to do for you and then being able to organize it strategically because money is just a resource. Like it's like, it's like, um, it's like water. It's like food. It's like, you know, if you don't have a strategy for food, you become fat. You know, if you don't have a strategy for, you know, exercise, you become weak. Um, Money is no different. You need to give it a purpose beyond just money. Money is an enabler of something. It's not just a thing. It's a resource. So what do you want that resource to enable for you in the future? And that's what builds wealth. Purpose is what, is what drives wealth. I don't think it's just about profit. Profit gives you an opportunity and purpose drives that opportunity into something that's bigger than just money. That's great. I love that. 
let me um, let me just extend on that then and, and ask you, you know, for you personally, why does yep. financial freedom matter? Uh, financial freedom matters to me um, because it gives me it gives me a sense of control, and I think, and I and I mean like control is around. Like I, I look at, so the definition for me of why I love like so wealth and whatnot is because I want to have the freedom to do what I want, when I want, how I want with who I want. That's the ultimate for me, you know, to go, you know what? I want that bag. I don't even look at my bank account and go, how much money do I have? Can I afford it? I just want to be able to buy the bag. <laughs> you know, like I want to, I want to go on holiday with my wife. I don't want to have to go, okay, we've got to probably have to start saving for a few months and um, put this on the credit card. We might have to pay it back. I want to be able to go, let's just go on the holiday, you know? And, and that to me is why it's important. It's, it's just giving you the control to be able to do what you want, when you want, how you want with who you want. That's, that's the ultimate freedom for me. And that's the whole purpose of why we're doing it. That's the game. Love it. Love that game. You, you, you know, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a metaphor that sits inside of my head and I, and I find this for business owners, you know, if you've seen the movie, the gladiator. Yes. And now, Oh, and there's a and a great TV series called Spartacus. Now, you know, I don't know, it's very gory and whatnot, but the one thing that gladiators do is they, the reason why gladiators fight is because they fight to earn their freedom. So they get into the Coliseum and their whole purpose is to fight to earn money for the, for their, because they're a slave essentially. And every time they win, they earn money for their master. Now, if they win the championship, they get freedom. They get to leave being a gladiator. And I have this metaphor in my head that when you're in business, until you've earned your freedom, whatever that freedom means to you, it doesn't, it's different for everybody. You're a gladiator. You know, you've got to learn how to fight. You've got to learn how to defend. You've got to learn how to parry. You've got to learn how to, innovate, adapt, change. You've got to, you're a warrior and you've got to be able to do those things until you've earned your freedom, whatever that is for you. And when you've earned that freedom, you look back on all the battles you've done. You've gone every single battle earned me the right to be free. That's the game in my head that goes on. <laughs> oh <it> is. man, <laughs> that's the best metaphor ever. I love it. That's terrific. Yeah. Let me, let me round out by asking you one last question, Rana, before we, before we wrap up. Sure. Um, obviously, there's been quite a lot of stress in many people's lives over the last three, four months and mm -hmm. untold uncertainty ahead. You know, in your opinion, if you're talking to people who are maybe not as far along in their entrepreneurial or investing or wealth creation journey as, as yourself, you know, where do you see the greatest opportunities for those who want to create wealth over the next decade? Like, what would your advice be to those people? Like, I, I honestly believe that opportunity is everywhere. It doesn't, the environment changes and we've just got to adapt to the environment. You know, in evolutionary terms, animals that, uh, that didn't evolve died. You know, and, you know, people mourn it and get emotional about it. That's the thing is nature just didn't have a purpose for those animals or plants anymore. And it's sad and it's whatever you want to make it. But unless you're willing to evolve and adapt, 
um, and uh, the environment will force you to do it. And if you choose to uh, not, if you choose to kind of, no, no, this is the way I've always done it, then you will, you'll be left behind. The biggest opportunity I believe is to be agile enough and open enough to look at how you can solve one problem really well for a, a group of people that I come back to. And we talk about our, to our clients all the time, you know, it's being, and we call us where we're in the, we're the influencer project and you look at it, you go, well, an influencer to me doesn't mean that you're a sitting on a Lamborghini with a skinny tee and a six pack. And being an influencer means that people look to you for leadership. People look for you to you for advice as an expert, much like yourself, Selena, you know, people come to you and go, can you help me with this? You're an influencer in your space. So to the, the right now, there's never been a better time to become an influencer in your world. You don't need to be the best in the world. You just need to be the best in your perfect audience's world. That's the game. So who that the biggest opportunity right now is to double down on, being an influencer in your niche, your space, providing a very clear result for a very clear problem and, and helping people get that result. Like it sounds generic, but that's, that to me is where it's at. There's a lot of people who are in pain right now and they're looking for leadership and they're looking for encouragement and they're looking for a solution. And we need to be brave enough to step up as influencers and leaders in our marketplace to say, you know what, I've got something that's going to help you come with me. Let's do it. Um, and lead, you know, the, this is what that's, that's where the opportunity is, is for, for true leaders to step up and, and, and do what they say they, they've always done. Rana, that was a terrific response. And as always, I love spending time with you. You are, you know, a fountain of metaphors and stories. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for making time today. And yeah, look forward to catching up with you soon. No worries, mate. Great to be part of it. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Warrior podcast and a few things before you take off. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could rate and review my podcast to help more people find it. Also, each week I send out a unique email newsletter where I share some of the most cutting edge and interesting things I've found during the week to help you on your journey to financial freedom. And finally, if you're interested in fast tracking towards being financially free, please check out my programs where I help you get onto the path of generating a significant six-figure passive income through investing. If you're interested, head over to freedomwarrior.com.au to find out if it's suitable for you. Till next time, take care. See you on the next episode and bye for now.